Welcome to another episode of Small Stocks, Big Money, our weekly podcast where we talk about small cap emerging growth companies. Today, we have Dr. Shalab Gupta, CEO of Unicisive Therapeutics, which trades on the NASDAQ under the ticker symbol UNCY. Shalab, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Dr. Gupta, you've held various roles in the biotech industry from equity researcher to CEO. How have these experiences shaped your approach to leading Unicyze? I think that all the experiences that I've had so far have helped me to better understand our key stakeholders in Unicyze. And let me tell you, there are many, many stakeholders, but if you were to summarize, in my mind, there are three main stakeholders. Number one, it is about the patients. We are a biotechnology co company that is developing new drugs uh, in development, and these drugs, when they are on the market, they serve patients. Number two, physicians, who are the providers who help these patients who can make the difference in patient's life by prescribing the right medicine. It is something that they should understand, they should know, and they should believe in. And number three, investors. Uh, without investors, without their capital they can allocate, it's an expensive process. It takes a long duration. And in order to for a company to advance the drug, you need investors who believe in the cause and uh, are looking at the future that one could create. So having had the experiences that I've had, both as a physician, as well as working in the industry, as well as in financial services, I felt that it was very helpful to have those experiences to understand better what I do for our stakeholders. That's excellent, Shalab. It's great that you're able to consider all the stakeholders as opposed to just the shareholders. Can you talk about your transition from being a physician to an entrepreneur? What were some of the challenges you faced and how did you overcome? I started uh, my career as a physician, as you pointed out. And one of the common themes that I saw that the physicians at the end of the day, they want to help patients. They want to help patients live a better life, their patients being able to take care of their health better. But as a physician, many times, not always, but many times we are limited by many factors that are outside the control of the physician. Slowly, over the course of the last two decades, I've come various experiences to be able to learn from those experiences and also to, to, to have a spend time um, in biotech industry to see how new technologies, both in the drug side as well as the device sides, uh, they come to the market. It is a process that requires multiple stakeholders to play together, multiple parties to, to work together to bring a new drug to market. So as an example, somebody has to come up with the innovation that is being discovered at a lab, an academic lab, or it could be at an industry like in a biotechnology company. Then somebody has to find a way to get this, this technology funded. You need to have person or group of people who understand the preclinical development so they can do the animal studies. You need a group of people who understand regulatory development so they can work with FDA. You need to run clinical trials. You need a clinical team. You need a team that understands the database management or CRO who helps you run these clinical trials. And above all, you need people who understand the pricing and reimbursement environment so that you have their support so the drug is approved, it can actually be prescribed, but also get reimbursement by healthcare plan. I had the good fortune of having had these experiences through working for Genentech, as an example, where we were looking at both existing drugs in our portfolio, but also the drugs that were in pipeline within Genentech, and not in the context of what Genentech had, but also in the context of what other companies are developing in the same therapeutic category. 
So understanding the competitive landscape. To go back to run a company, I didn't start the company by quitting my medical practice at NYU and just the next day I found a company. I actually had a transition time, uh, which if I just counted from uh, 2008 uh, onward, I had experiences working Wall Street as an analyst, working for Genentech, and been interacting with our industry colleague. So when I founded Unicisive, I felt there were a lot of people, a lot of network of people who were willing to support me. And I could call upon these individual functional area expertise uh, to, 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 to get their insight. And of course, as we have grown the company, we've built uh, many of these folks have become inside. But even today, we have a small team uh, relative to many companies too. And we leverage that network to help us understand these various uh, aspects of drug development and also in approval and pricing and reinvestment. Shalab, that's excellent. There's obviously a lot of moving pieces in running a public company in the biotech sector. And I think that your background has obviously benefited the stakeholders of Unicisive in a great way. Uh, moving on, Unicisive has developed a unique biotech system to prospect, unearth, refine, and create value within other technologies. Could you explain this process in more detail? Sure, Robert. Um, we believe very strongly that innovation doesn't belong to a, an, a, a, a set of academic institutions. It doesn't have to be Stanford, Johns Hopkins, and Harvard where all the great technologies come from. Innovation can come from anywhere. Our lead drug, oxylanthanum carbonate, is an investigational product that came from a car battery company. And it surprises many, but I'll just walk you through that by, example, by this example. Our drug is based on nanoparticle technology, and it came from car battery company because car battery company was trying to find ways to use nanoparticle technology to make uh, sizes of these batteries smaller. But they ended up in using this particular expertise on lanthanum, which is a drug that is used to, to solve patients' problem with high phosphate in chronic kidney disease. And by using nanoparticle technology, they were able to use an existing drug or a drug that is commonly used, but it just is not useful in the form of it is given. So they were able to make the size of the pill much, much smaller because now the particle size have gone smaller and they were able to make a pill that can be swallowed as opposed to having to chew these pills. And it seems a, a trivial improvement, but when you go and look at this, the end result of that, it allows us to be able to prescribe pills at a 500 milligram size pills. These pills are as small as a tablet of aspirin versus multiple fold size of the pills that are currently on the market. This innovation came from a car battery company. That car battery company gave the license this technology to another biotechnology company. And we at UNICIFI licensed this technology and acquired this technology from that public company. That company used to be called a Spectrum. So you see the innovation came from a car battery company which went to another biotech company and that became a part of UNICIFI. That illustrates an example of how technologies can be created, innovation can be created somewhere else. But the application of this innovation to bring this to the market, it requires say, a, a set of network, a set of expertise, a set of a dedicated focused individuals who can help to, to, to articulate what, what is the technology, what is the drug that fits into the model that we are developing. More, more specifically, we are in kidney treatment. We don't do certain things. So for example, we will not go into development of cancer therapy. And part of that, uh, the deliberate choice is that we want to stay focused in what we do. 
and that helps us to become better that helps us to to use our energy in a more deliberate way we always say that there's a biotechnology company or a small biotechnology company or as a team we choose to focus only on certain things that means that we have to avoid going all over direction and i think that is one challenge that any company will face in the beginning or even when they grow bigger that uh, what area you focus on also makes you realize that there are certain other things you will not work on. wow that's very interesting that you were able to identify a technology from batteries that could be applied to the medical industry just amazing now that leads into my next question here you're currently an advisor to the uc san francisco innovation center as well as spark at stanford university school of medicine what insights can you share about the current trends in biotech innovation word of biotechnology industry is one of the most exciting times that we ever had in the history today just the way science is evolved you have an understanding of the not only the disease development in terms of what happens for a patient to have certain type of uh, chronic kidney conditions or chronic diseases in general, but also you have uh, diagnostics, you have uh, genomics, you have precision medicine uh, tools that were not available before. One of the common themes I see today uh, more than ever before, investors and the, and, and the scientists are willing to work together on ideas that can be transformative, that can be uh, groundbreaking, and it requires a lot of risk capital. And I think one of the great things that I see here in Silicon Valley is that people are willing to support an idea which may have a high risk of failure, but also if it is useful, applicable, it can, it can be a game-changing uh, technology, game-changing uh, development. And I think that part of uh, uh, understanding of medicine, that level of understanding of medicine with regard to precision medicine, genomics, did not exist before. In what we are doing to translate that part even further in a company like Unicycy, when we say our first drug is focused on chronic kidney disease for treatment of high phosphate or hyperphosphatemia, our second drug is an investigational product that's focused on acute kidney injury. That uh, diagnostic, that understanding of the disease development and the multiple tools exist that are in existence today, that part of the understanding helps us to be able to refine patient population. Because we always say that you may find a great drug, but if you don't know who are the right patients for that drug, you find the drug does not necessarily work. And that's many times, it's not always, but many times that's a reason the drugs fail in clinical development or clinical trials. So I think that we are in very fortunate time that uh, the science and medicine is evolved in a place where these transformations are more likely to happen in a shorter duration of time than they could have ever been done before in the past. That's excellent, Shalab. You're obviously staying abreast of all the latest trends and technologies in your industry. And I'm wondering how you're using these influences to guide your leadership at Unicycle. You know, uh, many times the you find when you're helping somebody else, and these are, uh, you know, purely an advisory role where uh, you know, I find time, whatever I have, whatever I can, help these uh, CEOs or entrepreneurs who are coming with the new ideas, new technologies. One thing is very interesting, when you get out of your comfort zone and you are looking at somebody else's problem, you start to see the problem they are facing are the same similar type of problem, perhaps at a different magnitude, different scale that you are facing. So sometimes stepping out of your own company, your own story, or your own product development cycle and challenges, you start to see a pattern. And many entrepreneurs have had the experiences in talking to some folks who uh, 
being recommended by Sam Fighter to talk to me about digital health. And even though the product categories are different, the problem of raising money, problem of building a company, problem of uh, building a team, problem of motivating a team, problem of telling your story to your stakeholders in a succinct, meaningful way, these things are common. They, they're not unique to a biotech in many regards. On one hand, biotech industry is slightly different than medical device industry than digital health. But on the other hand, there are still some fundamental part of the business that are very similar. They're, they're growing a company, scaling a company, raising money, building team, getting a product out there, developing a minimum viable product, MVP, or developing the first proof of concept. These parts are very similar. So I think by telling somebody else they're helping somebody else, sometimes I see a new perspective, a new reflection that I think is very useful for me to go back to Unicycle and see how I could use the learnings that I have by sharing with somebody else what they should be doing for their company and their program. Uh, I find the similarities and uh, you know, paradigms that are applicable to Unicycle. You've spoken about Unicycle's goal to bring game-changing solutions quickly and efficiently for indications where patients continue to go underserved. Could you share some examples of these solutions? Yeah, so I want to go back to the early drug because it is very much out there. We are bringing this drug to market. Sometimes solutions that patients need is not necessarily the next genomics exposition medicine, but patients need solution which will allow them to make their life better. And, you know, uh, one common theme that I have seen uh, consistently over the last 20 plus years of my career, both as a physician and the industry, that a doctor in the industry, a doctor can prescribe the best medicine, but if a patient doesn't take the medicine, that medicine will not help. You know, I can prescribe you the best exercise regime and I can give you the best exercise equipment, but if you don't exercise, none of that will help. And I say this not to be, uh, you know, um, uh, more convoluted about that, but to more specifically, patients want to do the right thing for themselves. Sometimes having an empathy towards a patient is useful. In our case, patients who are suffering from chronic kidney disease, especially if they are on dialysis, on an average, Robert, these patients are taking, on an average, 19 to 20 pills per day, per day. There are some patients who are taking 10. There are some mothers who are taking 30 pills per day. They have to take these pills for the rest of their life. 50% of that pill burden, meaning if they're taking 20 pills, 10 pills of the 20 come from treatment of high phosphate. And high phosphate is not something that if you stop taking the pill today, they will have a headache or they will have a chest pain, so they have to take it. In other words, it is one of those things that if you don't take the pill, don't take medication, you don't have an immediate impact. And what happens next? Most of these patients, by the sheer, you know, the volume of pill they have to take, they forget to take or they can't take, or they get tired of taking these pills. And what you find at the back end, these patients then end up in having heart problems, they're having bone fractures, and they end up in having going to the hospital or dying from it. So I think in our minds, solutions are the ones that solve patients' problem. In today's day and age, we always want to talk about the next generation technology, but sometimes that next generation technology also means that make something that patients can take because they want to take. Physicians want to help patients. And by being able to empathize, by being able to talk to physicians, by being able to talk to hundreds of nephrologists, I was able to find this uh, solution. I'm not a nephrologist by training. I'm a physician, all right, but I'm not a nephrologist. 
And I didn't really have this epiphany on my own that, oh, you know, if you can reduce the fill burden, that can solve a big problem. I found that out by talking to over 300 nephrologists uh, before we took the company public. And I think that is the one part that I'll encourage anyone that in order to find a problem, a real meaningful problem, you have to talk to your customer. And that, as I said from the very beginning, it is a patient, it's a physician, because if you can create value that help patients, that can help physicians, you will get rewarded. You will create value for your investors. How do you envision the future of Unicisive in terms of growth and impact? At the moment, we are running our uh, uh, clinical trials. That is the last clinical trial that the FDA has asked us to run. As we advance the drug, we intend to file this drug for a new drug application that is the NDA mid-2024, and that will allow us to be with agencies review if the FDA agrees with us to get the drug approved and be on the market in 2025. Launching a drug is not a small undertaking. I'm really, really uh, grateful to our investors and our team. We have the support of uh, six large healthcare, dedicated healthcare institutional investors and support of up to $100 million to be able to launch this drug. We have a team of individuals. We have a person who launched the two of these uh, fossil binder drugs on the market. The first drug was Renvela, which became a, a global market leader with over a billion dollar sales in the US. So there is a lot that we have done, but there is a lot of work that lies ahead. I'm always inspired, excited, and uh, I can't wait for this drug to be on the market for these patients and make a difference for their life. And by talking to these patients as the drug is getting closer and closer to the market, by talking to these physicians, I get something that uh, is, is really, it's really, really empowering. Uh, because when you're working in the early, earlier phases of development, you have an idea, you're running a study, you're running an experiment, but you don't ever see how it will affect patients. But we are very close to the approval. And, and you know, we gave you the timeline. And with FDA's uh, review and approval upon re uh, review and approval, if they approve the drug, we will be able to bring it down to the market in mid-2025. We certainly wish you the best of luck in the FDA trial, Shalab, and I'm sure patients around the world are rooting for you as well. With the rapid advancements in technology, how does Unicisive plan to stay ahead and make use of these developments in its research and product development? Robert, the world is constantly changing around us. So one part that you already pointed out that uh, I7 advised you know, to discuss that. We also have world-class uh, kidney specialists, uh, uh, folks from uh, GP University, Stanford University, uh, UCSD, and clinicians. Uh, these are people who are in, uh, officially on our scientific advisory board, but every day we talk to physicians, every day we try to stay ahead of the curve. And I think uh, understanding the changes in um, FDA's regulatory environment, pricing and reimbursement environment with the government and CMS, understanding the competitive landscape, what else, what else is being developed in the market, what else is coming out in the market. We can keep track of what is changing, what is going ahead. We also attend industry conferences. We also publish our own research and publications. So we do everything we can to stay ahead of the curve, but you're right to point out that the world is changing and one cannot just sit in their quiet comfort of their office or their home and think that they've got a great solution without realizing what are the changes that are happening around the world. Finally, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs in the biotech industry based on your own experience and journey? Robert, I've talked about this uh, uh, sometimes in some other forums, and my three advices are, number one, prioritize. 
if you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter which industry, uh, you can't solve all the problems today. In fact, uh, the problems in the beginning are just so many and the resources are so few that you have to prioritize and you have to have a list of three or four key priorities for that day, that week, that month. And you have to know what priorities, if, what problems, if you solve, will help you solve the rest of the problem. And, you know, there's a book by Art Keller, as the, it's, uh, the book titled One Thing. I think it's a very interesting book and it's very, very important to realize what is that one thing that you can solve that will help you solve or that will solve the rest of your problems, if not all of them, at least many of them. So prioritization is number one. Number two, understanding the solution that you're bringing to the market. How does that solution differ from what else is on the market in terms of understanding competitive landscape and your value proposition? In biotechnology, the value proposition is many times a bit more straightforward because you have patented drugs. So if you have a patent on a drug, you have a barrier to entry. Nobody else can copy your drug. But even so, beyond the patent, if you have the drug approved, what will it do differently than what other companies are doing, what other products are doing? Understanding that is important. And number three, Robert, nobody, no, not a single individual can ever bring a drug to market or can create a product or can create a transformational technology. You need a team. Find the right people to build the team. They will start with one, then build two, then three. And then so build your team is important because if you have a great team, they will support you. Every company is only as good as this team is able to work together. So not only finding the right set of people, but also people who will be willing to work together is the key because if the team is dysfunctional, the company will never go anywhere. Um, it's like two people who are pushing the front wheel forward and two people who are pushing the back wheel backward, the, the car will not move. So I think those are the three key takeaways. And I think if we can focus on those two or three, hopefully they are able to solve other problems that they come. One last thing, even though I said only three things, but one last thing is that I personally believe that uh, you are meaning any entrepreneur's individual why is very important. I think uh, people get uh, subdued or seduced by this idea that entrepreneurs uh, have a great lifestyle or do they do this or that. But I think that one of the most important things one has to know, if you have your why, which, beyond, which is beyond creating value for investors or for yourself, but more so what, why do you do what you do? If you have that clear, it will always inspire you because building anything, any company, biotech or medtech or digital health. It is a, a not an easy path. It has a path full of challenges. Very few can make it. And then when you make it, you constantly come up with new problems every day. So I think that having your why, your own purpose, and having that purpose very clearly in your mind, in your heart, so that it will inspire you because you wake up in the morning and if you have a new sense of problem, you cannot push yourself forward. There's not enough, uh, you know, uh, glory in the world that can inspire you to do something if you don't feel inspired within. So I think that's the key. Dr. Gupta, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you. Thank you, Robert, for giving me this opportunity. Tune in next week for another episode of an exciting emerging growth company like Unicisive Therapeutic. Some of the companies featured on this episode are red chip client companies, and we may own stock in these companies. So please always read our disclosures at redchip.com.